Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. We're going to talk today about uh, where we've been starting with uh, the NFL, uh, their week 10 recap, and then look ahead at week 11, and also go through our uh, bets from the last uh, week and, and update where we are overall. Um, but uh, we'll start in the same place we've been starting. Uh, Mike, what story was most interesting for the NFL's week 10? Was it um, the formerly thought of as being um, maybe well over the hill quarterbacks rebounding for good weeks, big wins, late comebacks, um, the maybe everything going um, in order for the Chiefs uh, in their in their playoff position for this um, coming upcoming playoffs? Or um, something else entirely, injuries or some, something else. What what was most interesting from week ten? Um, I think well, I think the Chiefs' playoff position improving so drastically, given Buffalo's loss, maybe it was interesting. But I also uh, think that the uh, the extremely aging or geriatric quarterbacks making a comeback may at the same in the same week might be might be. Um, the most interesting since both of those teams were really thought of as kind of dead in the water, um, Packers especially, uh, maybe are alive in the playoff race. I think you can say that, especially for Tampa Bay since they beat Seattle and now they're the, uh, five and five. And, you know, all they have, probably have to do is finish eight and nine to make the playoffs in the NFC South. Uh, the Packers up to four and six now. I think the Packers road to the playoffs is going to be much, much tougher since they have the Vikings in their division. There's no chance that they're going to catch Minnesota, who is essentially five games ahead yeah. of them. Um, so that's, but, but yeah, they both showed uh, some signs of, of life, even though if you saw uh, Tom Brady trying to catch that pass from uh, Leonard Fournette, he looked pretty hapless and um, Lost, you know, maybe. Every, yeah. every bit his age on that play, but uh, you know, he stood. He stood tall in the pocket and and uh, led his team to victory over over a plucky uh, Seattle bunch. Um, what what do, what do you think of those? Uh, do you Brady are are back? Are they going to uh, be solid the rest of the year, or was this just a kind of blip on an otherwise uh, declining season? I don't. I, I don't have a lot of uh, hope for for uh rogers i don't i don't think they seemed like maybe even in the win they didn't seem like they maybe felt all that good about it even necessarily but uh i don't know i don't i'm not sure yeah he it does seem like, they, like brady's probably gonna, they're probably gonna win like six or seven games more now don't you think yeah i, th I think i think the uh i think tampa is going to, um, I think they're going to win the division. And I think, let's see, I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule right now. And Actually, they yeah, are five. If, they, if they did drop that game, then they're like even Carolina was back in the picture, right? For our, Yeah, they're four. The yeah, four. Yeah, Carolina would be three and seven, only one game back of the four and six Falcons, four and six Buccaneers. And also they would hold the tiebreaker where both of those teams say, uh, Beat them, I think. I mean, maybe maybe they have a maybe they're one and one against Atlanta. But right now, I think they're 
one and zero against. Um, they they at worst be neutral. Yeah. Against them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they probably had a better division record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa has Cleveland. They have a bye next a bye next week. Then Cleveland at Cleveland, home against New Orleans, at San Francisco, home against Cincinnati, at Arizona, home against Carolina, at Atlanta. So. I think there's two uh, two obvious hard games, and that is at San Francisco and home against Cincinnati. I would say both of those games, I would say they wouldn't be favored in, so we can give them those two losses. That's two, seven losses. Um, and then, you know, maybe they'd lose one of those random games, and that's eight. So that they, it looks like they're probably on track to finish at least nine and eight, I would say, unless, some, unless there's – you know, surprise either way, maybe, maybe 10 and seven, you could say, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's Cleveland before Sean Watson would come back and at Arizona might be tough at Cleveland, um, division games. You never know, but mm-hmm. I think it seems like they're clearly in a position to win the division and host a playoff game. And green Bay may have trouble with their next three games. Even they've got uh, Tennessee at home at Philadelphia at Chicago yeah, they, the, the Rams, then at, and then at Dolphins. Yeah, at Dolphins, they before, have a much before ending with Vikings and Rams. So they have a much harder uh, road to hoe for sure. Uh, they that's, are that's probably three for sure losses would be the expectation, I think, at least anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now Green Bay is in ninth place in the NFC playoff standings. Mm-hmm. They are behind eighth is Washington at five and five. Then we have the 49ers at five and four, Cowboys six and three. Washington Giants. seems to be on their way up. Not um Yeah, Washington seems to be on the way up. San Francisco also seems to be on their way up. Mm-hmm. They're only a half game behind Seattle, and they've already beaten Seattle. So you would have you'd have to have the collapse of at least one of those teams in front of them. Maybe you could say that's the Cowboys, depending on how they play against Minnesota this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe Seattle really isn't that good, but I think the other teams are too far ahead of them. And I, and I don't, I don't see, you know, the commanders, I think, I think, you know, the commanders aren't that great, but they, they beat, you know, they, they beat um, Philadelphia, of course. That's they knocked up the undefeated. And, and Heineke, they play well with Heineke. They have a good defense. So who knows what's, what could happen, what could happen there. But I think there would need to be a collapse by a couple of those teams ahead of them for Green Bay really to have a shot at making the playoffs. And that seems unlikely, but you never know. They, they, you know, they have going in probably, you know, they finished with 13 wins each of the last three years, if that's right. So like, you know, going in, you probably thought of them at least being a 12 win team and if they went out, they'd be 11 and six, but mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty tall order, especially going some of their, given some of their games that they have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. And they and I and like we I think maybe Dallas gave away that game as much as Green Bay won that game with some questionable coaching decisions. And I think it well, they they threw the graphic up on the on the screen during at the end of that game that um, Dallas was undefeated, 195 and zero when leading by 14 points in the fourth quarter as a franchise. Wow. Um, so that was their something they'd never done before. Yeah, that's surprising how, yeah, you think like one game would have been given away like that. And like, or like there would have been a team, you know, they're up by 14, but like uh, the other team was like 
on the goal line as the third quarter turns into the fourth quarter and they score. And then that's the seven point game really. And that could be anybody's game, but yeah, it's surprising. Um, uh, that, that hadn't happened, but it was, it was the game was in Lambeau, which I think still is a home field advantage uh, for the Packers. I don't, they've. And, and there's a bit of a rivalry there too, with their, their old coach. Um, yeah. Now in charge of Dallas too. Uh, there should be a little bit of a grudge there, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think they wanted to win that game. And I think also McCarthy probably wanted to win that game very badly too. And I think he seemed to give that, that fourth down play in overtime rather than going for a field goal. It seemed like he wanted to keep great. He wanted to keep Rodgers off the field because he thought Rodgers would score. Mm. Um, whereas I think if you just kick a field goal, it's still anybody's game. Um, and, you know, so I don't, I don't, I think that was a bit of a strategic blunder given, I think it was, was a fourth and three, fourth, it was fourth and, it wasn't just fourth and one or fourth and inches. Mm. It was fourth and a, a decent number. Fourth know. and a few. Yeah. And, but it's over time. He was you, visibly upset about that too. He did, he did uh, destroy a headset. Yeah. It's over time. You never know what's going to happen in overtime. So really the Cowboys lost that game when they gave up points in, uh, Looking at the um, like overall NFC, do you rule out the Rams now from the playoff picture? I at three and six, pretty and much. Apparently, Cooper Cup is going to be out for yeah. That Cooper Cup injury really hurts them. He was their really their only playmaker on offense. Stafford's been his health has been an issue this this season. I think they really would need Cup. Um, we probably also would need maybe someone like Odell Beckham to come back and join the Rams. And I think he probably won't, given the fact, given the Rams' current outlook. I think he wants to go to a team that will compete. It seems like he might even you know, go to, I don't know, Dallas or San Francisco, even. Who knows? Um, he apparently uh, was asked about the Chiefs and he did not rule it out. So the some uh, fans took that as a yeah, still possible. A lot of that was yeah. It seemed like the Chiefs were a big possibility before the Tony edition, and even with the Tony edition, he thought maybe that he might um, still join. I guess it's possible to give you know depending on how Hardman and uh, Smith Schuster are doing in, in terms of their injuries coming up. But I think Tony, with Tony really stepped up in that game. Yeah, with, with with Tony actually appearing in the games and looking really good at times, uh, it seems like maybe. The Chiefs might not need another receiver right now, but I, I don't. You keep, it's hard to have too many uh, good players. But it seems probably Beckham probably also wants to go to a place where he would um, catch a lot of passes, and he might not be able, be able to do that. In, yeah. And it's cold in Kansas City. I don't know if he wants to go to the cold weather. It's not as cold as Buffalo or Green Bay, but it's it gets cold. What did you think of the? Uh... The Buffalo Minnesota game. Were you surprised that Buffalo dropped the game, or more I, surprised that Minnesota won the game, or 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 something else around that? It was. I, I I I could have going into the game. I could have seen. I wouldn't have been that surprised if Minnesota had beaten Buffalo um, going in. Because Buffalo has been been guessing that maybe Josh Allen may not have played the game. Yeah, Josh Allen might in the not scenario played. That Minnesota wins, right? He could have looked rusty. Or even Minnesota could have actually 
looked good and won by you know a touchdown. But the way it happened was the most surprising. Uh, Minnesota, given that they couldn't punch the ball in from fourth and inches, and then it took a fumble, you know, uh, a fumble recovery in the end zone, and then they allowed a field goal to tie the game up, and then they had overtime and got a field goal, and Allen threw an interception. There were it was a crazy ending. Um, there were a lot of officiating issues with all of that. Like that, Buffalo had, I think they had twelve men on the field uh, in their fourth in their one of their stops against Minnesota that wasn't called. Credited with a catch that um, was not a catch on that yeah. boundary that should have been reviewed. I'm not sure why they. Yeah, they didn't. It, they both didn't, of those should have been initiated, initiated by the booth. Um, but there, but there were like, I think every play at around that goal line had to be reviewed, and it, that. Those like three plays ended up taking like fourteen minutes or something like that. Of yeah, didn't want to re- they didn't want to review every single play. Maybe they decided to take a take a playoff or something. They were going to get a, go to the bathroom. Um, the booth. What, what uh, should have been a very thrilling, exciting end was um was a lot of delays around officiating, <laughs> making sure they got it right, and then I think they did get it right, but it it did, certainly took them a long time to get it to that point. Do you think? I do you think the loss was. Or the, or the game, do you think Minnesota gains more by winning that game, or does Buffalo lose more by losing that game? Does, do, do either of those, does that, does that game become a, either a springboard for Minnesota or a kind of step in a downward trajectory for the Bills? I think because Allen played, I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a bit of a step back for Buffalo. Um, but I think it, it validates Minnesota and their fans, I'm sure, for, for how they've played so far this season. I think you have to give their record a little more credence than you did probably before the game. But I, I don't know. I think um, having Allen play and lose was maybe the second worst scenario to having Allen play and get more injured, mm. um, which, which did not happen. So yeah, it seemed like he was healthy. At least he did. He wasn't holding his arm. And he, I, I think you mentioned so he, before he, he reached his he arm into playing. Yeah, he reached his arm in to uh, try to force a fumble uh, at one point, with with the um, supposedly injured arm. Yes, yeah. So but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I I, do, I didn't think that Minnesota's record was indicative of how good they were going in. I thought it was pretty hollow. They lost the only game that they played to a really decent team, and that was the Eagles, and they and they got you know, beaten pretty pretty badly. Uh, that was week, back in week two, so I guess you can say, well, they've improved since then. But um, they've had trouble putting away opponents, no matter how good or bad they are. Although they, they had a tough game against Washington recently, but it seems like, oh, maybe Washington's better than we think since they beat Philadelphia on a you know, kind of strange game as well. But I think that NSC is – it's I think the NFC is fairly wide open, especially now right. that Philadelphia – has also lost that may it's given given you know see talking about losses maybe leading to a bit of a slump maybe philadelphia's loss will you know turn into something like when the steelers were lat was it two or three years ago they were like 11 and 0 and nobody really thought they were that great and then they finished 11 and 5 maybe they lost that the, sounds right yeah the next five, and they won't. They, so, I don't think the, I don't think the Eagles are going to lose their next eight or nine games, but they might be more of a 
twelve and five team than than a fifteen and two. Yeah. Team. But yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I and then that they I could easily see them, you know, dropping a couple now. Maybe maybe they've been riding this high, of, like believing they're actually invincible, and then all of a sudden realizing that they're not, and then not doing so well for a bit. So. Yeah, I think they were they were helped out by the fact that uh, the Dallas lost, even mm-hmm. though the Giants um, Giants won, but they, you know, I I don't think the Giants are really a threat this year. Maybe maybe they could win the division though, but I don't think they're they're not a Super Bowl threat. I don't think this year. I think I think so. The best three teams in the NFC, it seems like are Minnesota, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. Maybe San Francisco might be the best team out of all three of them, even though they have only four losses. And Would, would you be team. shocked if the best three ended up being um, Tampa, San Francisco, and Washington? I would be shocked if Washington made it into the top three. Um, Tampa, maybe not, uh, because yeah. they've been a good team and they have Brady. And maybe it just took them a while to get their ship turned in the right direction. But I would be more. I would fairly. I would be fairly surprised if Tampa made past the Eagles into the top three. Mm. But I, I, the team. I think it wouldn't take all that much, though. It's just. It's just a couple of games. Yeah, and, there, and they, there's more than a couple left. So it's yeah. It's yeah, the they're on a winning streak, and, and and the Eagles lose a few. You never know. I I still think the Eagles are probably going to be up there since they have a very good defense. And I think their offense, it's not, it's it's a little different from Buffalo because their offense doesn't really rely on one player as much. So like mm-hmm. if Allen somehow gets into a slump, Buffalo's not going to be very good because they really, really, really need Allen. Hertz is just kind of a cog in a otherwise pretty oiled machine and you know they have to contribute with more than just passing though because he does run quite effectively too. he runs the ball well but they have pretty good running backs as well they have a pretty mm. good line um the Allen, hasn't really shown much of a rushing offense this season so far not, other than Allen, and it seems like you know if, yeah. especially if Allen, you want to protect Allen, you can't run him as much so they need to have somebody else run the ball at least occasionally and singletary has been you know, kind of up and down to, to be kind. And they got Naheem Hines, but he's more of a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I don't know what, yeah, I, I think Buffalo is kind of like with the Chiefs when the when Mahomes was sort of in his slump last year, the Chiefs were not really that good and they were struggling. Mm-hmm. I think Allen is that guy to um, Buffalo. And if he ends up, reverting maybe to his older form where he's a little more erratic and he makes big plays, but he also makes a lot of um, mistakes that could cost Buffalo. I still see Buffalo as the best team in the AFC East, but um, they're, they are down in the division. So you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all four of those teams are decent. This year, even new England who's five and four. I think they have right now uh, the fourth, uh, playoff spot, the, the uh, seventh playoff spot in the um, in the AFC. 
So then that would leave the Chargers and the Bengals on the outside looking in at right. five and four. And the Colts too. Yeah, the, yeah, the Colts. <laughs> Although Surprisingly. they one, the uh, high school coach. Saturday's coming up big on Sundays, uh, it seems. And yeah, they beat the Raiders at Las Vegas. And the Raiders are really, who knows what's in a spiral, perhaps. And not a good spiral, like, uh, but it's a, a downward spiral. Yeah. Even though I guess you could say the offense hasn't been that bad. Um, Jacobs has had a good season. Devontae Adams has had a great season. Carr hasn't thrown, you know, a ton of. Picks. Their defense hasn't been that great, but it's not, they haven't. They've lost a lot of games where they were way ahead, and they mm-hmm. the teams probably one of those was the Chiefs. They're, I think they've lost three 17 point leads. I think that's right this, this year. And so, so you, would you put their struggles this year not necessarily on the players and more on the coaching staff? Maybe on the coaching staff. Last year they won a lot of close games. This year they're losing a lot of close games. Sometimes that's just the um. They kind of evens out in the end. I don't they, think they do have one of the most incompetent coaches in the NFL, though. Yeah, I think McDaniel's is not very good. I think he is better. I think I still think he's better than Nathaniel Hackett, though. Um, Seems like a race to the bottom, and we'll, we'll yeah. get to see that um, this coming weekend because they uh, play face off against each other this time. Yeah, Raiders Broncos, right? That wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, was that one of the games you ended up betting on? No. Wasn't one of the ways I, I, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to bet on it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm su- yeah. Surprisingly, the, the Colts are only, uh, I think, half a game, one game out of the playoffs right now. You know, they've beaten the Chiefs. They've beat, you know, I, yeah. I, I think it's so surprising that the Colts game because, well, they brought back Matt Ryan. And that seemed to be the, I still think that's the reason that Reich got fired was because he didn't want to play. Uh, Ellinger, he wanted to play Ryan. And then when he gets fired, they decide, oh, we're just going to bring back Matt Ryan because my buddy Jeff Saturday uh, wants him in there. And it's bizarre. Right? I, that's the Colts situation. In So do you think the Colts can go on a run? Do you think they can? Uh... I wouldn't expect it, but it seems, you know, if the locker room has had this um... – you know, ability to rally around the bizarre changes that have happened within the in the structure of, of the franchise, then then um, they could they could roll off a couple of games. I don't I don't know why not. Let's um, have a very tough schedule. It, does, it doesn't make a big difference. Just the just general attitude, and you know, if the whole thing has been turned upside down and they've been losing, and now all of a sudden they won a game. Yeah, they still have Jonathan Taylor. I think they still have Matt Ryan, who's a decent quarterback. He's one of those old old guys who hasn't maybe he's seemed old in a lot of ways, but he's done very well. So they play the Eagles at home. That's a tough game. So if they happen to beat the Eagles, I think who knows? They're home against the Steelers at Dallas, at Minnesota, Chargers, Giants. That's a tough. That's a tough four four weeks, and then home against the Texans. So, but they may be I, catching some of those teams at the right time though, too, because Dallas Dallas just had a collapse. Um. The Eagles just lost their first game, so there's no telling how those are going to go, really, right? I mean, um, yeah, I, I think about I, anything I, can happen. And like, you know, like with our picks this week, especially mine, um, uh, I thought I had a good handle on what was going on, and now, now maybe we 
I don't so much. I don't really know what's going to happen in any of these games right now. Yeah, it's hard to say. Do you want to talk about our, pick, uh, our picks, or do you want do you want to talk about the um, Chiefs at all? We should probably talk about the Chiefs a little bit because we didn't pick the Chiefs in our game. So neither of us did. If we had, we would. If we had picked the Chiefs, we would have won. They won by ten, and they were only favored by nine and a half, so they barely covered. That's yeah, their first. That's their first cover at home for a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they looked. They looked impressive, for the most part. Their offense moved the ball. They had some turnovers, but it didn't seem to affect them too much. How do you think the Chiefs looked yes, uh, on Sunday? I think they looked pretty good. Like you said, I think it was uh, really good to see Tony step up a lot. It is interesting to see that um, it seems like Pacheco has taken over entirely as the running back. I think Edwards Allaire had zero carries. He had like two... I think it was all on the field for three snaps, and I don't think he had. I think a they carry. threw the ball. I think they threw the ball to him twice, and he didn't catch a single time. Yeah, he seems to really not be able to reach very far. I don't know. Somehow uh, his not sure what's arms have gotten really short. I don't, he's a, he's a short guy, but like he's the one. Like it seems like if if the pass is not right there, he doesn't get it. Like McKinley mm-hmm. can go up and get it, or I guess they don't really throw it to Pacheco very much. But um, yeah, Pacheco had that early fumble, which was somewhat mm-hmm. troubling, but. They brought him back, and he seemed to do okay. Um, I think they said was, they said something about him running angrier um, after the fumble, which they very much liked. Yeah, um, he has a very aggressive city. running style, mm. and that's something that I think that it's good for the Chiefs. Is it time? Do you think? Do we think you know, Ronald Jones has been sitting on the bench for the last ten, twelve weeks? Do you do, do they bring already, in Ronald? He's expressed interest in in being traded before the deadline, but now that has passed um, because he hadn't got any playing time yet. I, I don't know that he's in line for anything yet because you I mean, think it's more likely that there. if Edwards Lair you know goes on the injured list somehow, I think he'll I think he'll get in there. But otherwise, yeah, I don't. do you think a healthy Edwards Lair gets bumped for Ronald Jones? I don't I don't think so. I think they. It'll take an injury enough. I think it would take an injury to want to him or or um or or McKinnon, McKinnon or but, or you know, McKinnon yeah. got a seemed like he might have been a little hurt um in the last game, but uh he looked pretty it was, good. It was okay, it was okay though. A few passes, he got a few yards, he got some important catches on third down. Yeah. What uh, I think the biggest story it seems like maybe coming out of that Chiefs game, maybe besides the special teams woes, where Butker missed another extra point, they had an uh, onside kick that they didn't prepare for. Ready for yeah. Uh, they lost Jody Fortson lost a fumble on a squib return that could have resulted in points right before the half. Uh, but it seems like the the in, the injury to Juju Smith Schuster might have been the biggest story of the game. Um, when he was hit by uh, Sis- by uh, Antoine Cisco, Sis- uh, uh, it's Andre, Andre Cisco, Andre 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 Cisco, um, uh, and and what? So what did you what did you make of that uh, hit, Andrew? Um, it seemed to be exactly what the league is trying to avoid um, in trying to protect receivers from getting hit. Well, they're not ready for being hit. And that was like seemingly the textbook, what you would show 
as a video as to what you would throw a flag 100% of the time on. And uh, it was really um, disheartening to see the officials essentially standing over an injured player saying that the hit was legal um, when it clearly was not. It was head-to-head contact. The player, the defensive player left his feet to make the tackle uh, before Juju Smith-Schuster had a chance to turn at all, which is the defenseless receiver rule. I think in, in a college game, um, that would have been called targeting on the field. It would have been reviewed. Chances are Cisco would have been ejected um, at that very first instance. I think because that uh, wasn't flagged, um, you know, he did the exact same thing to um, Valdez Scantling just a few plays later. And like, I think the next possession. Yeah, and, I think it was, um, it was both the first half. Like Valdez Scantling was also injured, but he ended, he ended up popping up and continuing to play. But, uh, and then, and that flag was also um, for something unrelated. It was unrelated. It was a defensive holding or something, I think, or away from, face. away from the play. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. It seems like if the league has any kind of sense of making a uh, some kind of you know um, player safety mm-hmm. uh, statement in any way, um, this isn't the way to do it. Yeah. And the league has, I still think the league has some major integrity problems with the sport because they're not protecting players and they're not you know trying to stop these kinds. Well, they're of selectively protecting and they're not being consistent. There was also a. a roughing the passer against Mahomes uh, that was picked up, right? Right after the, the interception, I didn't see what happened. Did you see that? Yeah, and I mean, it was one of those plays that was, it was, when it was thrown, it was questionable. You know, the uh, defensive player took maybe two steps before shoving Mahomes in the back, which sent Mahomes down to the ground. Um, normally, I think, yeah, certain players, uh, Brady for sure would have gotten that flag. Mahomes did draw the flag, but they, you know, picked it, picked it up. I think it it was on a third down, so it meant the Chiefs had to punt um, rather than getting a first down by penalty. So I think that helps. Um, my my um, long running theme here is that uh, I think the officials make calls based on Vegas lines, and I think the, all three of those things that should have been penalties were on third downs that were picked up. Um, hmm. They. Um, you know, influence the um, some of the betting lines. I think, I think, I think it helped maintain the under. Some of those were early too. I think that's yeah. I I don't go that far, but I still think I think I think incompetence is more at play than um, being influenced one way or another or another. But it's yeah, that was a yeah. I thought the both of those because yeah, the the helmet to helmet. It seemed like there was a penalty for two reasons on Smith Schuster, and that it was a helmet to helmet hit, and it was on a defensive defenseless mm. receiver uh thornhill uh against tampa got flagged for a clean hit normally but it was on a defenseless receiver in the end zone uh, mm. against tampa bay um and that seemed not be what the what the officials were looking at or what the um announcers were uh, the tv announcers were really looking at either like they said well they weren't sure if it's a helmet helmet but the defenseless receiver doesn't really matter if it's home to helmet or not it's the contact when they aren't allowed to um but they don't know the hits coming like like a block you right. know like they do this on blocks on, on punt returns now like you can't just block some guy's blind side um on a kick return or a punt return or an interception return anymore uh, where even though that would be a legal block normally 
you can't, if they don't have their head turned around, you can't just wail on them. And that's, it's a different, yeah, I, th I, th I think this Valdez Scantling one, I think was, I don't think that was quite head to head. It wasn't um, head to head, but it was definitely. Still defenses were it was, it was, it was as, it was still a penalty, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I guess, two penalties like the uh, right. uh, first one, but yeah, it's Cisco. And then Cisco got the uh, interception at the end. Uh, it seemed it seemed to reward his kind of bad behavior rather than I haven't I haven't seen whether yet he's been fined or anything like that. Usually that comes out later in the week. Yeah, um, I haven't heard any more about it. But that, yeah, I mean, it seemed like those were two penalties that should have been called. And I mean, the one could have been an ejection, depending on which official was in the game. Well, just, the second that's what that's what that's what I, I find um very difficult to understand with the league is how how many different calls um you know can go different ways depending mm -hmm. on which officiating crew is there. And that second one you could say also could have been an objection because it would have been the second penalty on the same player for the same offense. Because mm -hmm. usually those personal fouls in the realistically, have... if you call the first one, that then that, that player is in theory going to be more aware. Um, that he had done something mm. that's at least catching the eye of the official and maybe not do it quite so harshly the next time. Yeah, that's, I guess. And, um, yeah. But because the whole point of it is supposed to be for player safety, right? So, like, he's trying to protect the receivers from getting those hits. And uh, the league didn't, didn't do their job in that game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but the Chiefs are looking good. Uh, on the whole, it seems like Smith-Schuster might be out next week, but it doesn't seem like it's as, you know, it's it's not a injury that may, you know, who knows what concussions will happen, but he seemed to be um, up in kind of his normal self, according to uh, other players after the game. So hopefully mm -hmm. he's... Um, and Andy you know, Reid also. Yeah, so hopefully he'll, he'll be back. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little troubling. But the Chiefs, on the on the whole, looked very, I think, solid. They again, you know, they lost a big turn. They were think they were really down four nothing in turnovers. I think three counted as turnovers. The onside kick wasn't really another turnover. They lost a possession. So mm -hmm. and they and they still won fairly easily. I guess a couple of, that involved a couple of missed kicks by Jacksonville. But um, yeah, they didn't. I they played okay, but they didn't play that well. And they had a lot of turnovers. And they still won. They covered the spread, which was pretty big. So you got to think that they, you know, makes the Chiefs look pretty good. And, and well, then the result was they ended up taking over the one seed in the AFC. And the, the Chargers lost. Lost. So yeah, the, um, their path to the playoffs becomes much easier. Yeah, next week will be big. Mm -hmm. If they win next week, I think they're they won, essentially won the division. I don't think it's uh, anyone's going to come catch them. Right, because the Chargers would need to pass. I mean, they'd need three full games on them, right? Yeah, they would need to win. They'd need to win by. They need to uh, win, catch four games because they would have the Chiefs would have the two zero. Well, yeah, they, yeah, that's right. It'd be, it'd be effectively four games. It's the three games plus the tiebreaker mm -hmm. they that they have too. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, in good shape. In good shape. I get, but that game next week we'll talk about later. But. Mm -hmm. The Chargers always play the Chiefs tough, and they might have some of their players back. 
So mm-hmm. that's a big, that's a really big, it's on Sunday night again. So it's, it's going to be prime time. The Chiefs aren't going to overlook, overlook that game since it's on Sunday night now. Um, the, uh, Should we want to talk about our bets? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, my, my first, so we each won some and we lost some this, this week. All, all of our losses were late. They were. My, my first bet, the bet I was most confident on was the Bears-Lions. The Bears were minus three at home against Detroit. Detroit had only won two games. They had won last week in, against Green Bay. But coming to Chicago, it seems like Chicago was finding themselves. Mm-hmm. They were uh, figuring out what to do with Justin Fields on offense. Mm-hmm. And at home, I figured... Bears would, get, would win, they would cover, but they lost in kind of strange fashion. They, they allowed three touchdowns in the last quarter, and they lost by one point because they also missed an extra point. Uh, right? Was that? I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and Miss, missed the late extra point. Yeah. With uh, six minutes to go, they missed an extra point. Yeah, they missed the late one. So I think they were up by, yeah, they were up 30 to 24, and then they, Missed the extra point and then they lost 31 to 30. But at the end of the third quarter, you're probably very confident. Bears are up 24 to 10. You think that would be enough? You would, you would think so. But the Bears are not a very good team, and maybe betting on the Bears is not necessarily a, a strategy for moving forward. But they're an intriguing, fun team uh, that they haven't been for years. They've just been a kind of a slog, it out, low scoring team um now they have an offense they traded away their best defensive player to the ravens and khalil mack earlier in the season to uh um las vegas where i wonder if he watches which is he was in chicago not las vegas to uh um he, he's in san diego now or los angeles he came and from the raiders right that was how they that was how the bears got raiders him. to the bears to yeah now to the chargers that's right yeah um so, yeah, the Bears couldn't quite get it together and lost in somewhat heartbreaking fashion, 31 to 30. I guess I could have, you know, if they had made the extra point, it would have been 31-31, and you think, okay, they can at least salvage an overtime win. At worst, maybe get a push if they win by a field goal, win touchdown, but, yeah, that didn't happen. How about your uh, your first bet? Uh, my first bet was on the uh, Seattle-Tampa game, which uh, didn't quite go my way. No, uh, I was in Germany. You never know what's going to happen out overseas, I guess. It's, right. I think Seattle is playing at 6.30 a.m. their time. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it would be like... It was, it was 9.30 Eastern. Yeah. So it would have been 6.30 Pacific. Right, but it would have been like a primetime game in Germany, right? It would have been. Uh... I think it was late after. Oh, it'll afternoon. be like mid afternoon. Yeah, like three or four p.m. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you chance to watch any of that game? I watched part of it. I watched like the towards the end of it. Yeah, uh, like Seattle tried to come back late, but uh, were unsuccessful. I was able to watch this on my phone, and. Did you hear the uh, German fans uh, in unison singing "Taking Home Country Roads"? That was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I thought that was a a, a good um, 
job by the announcers to just kind of like you know be silent for a moment and just like listen to the crowd uh singing anyway that was that was a pretty fun i had no idea that song was so popular in in germany i mean is it it's probably a lot of americans that are there in germany anyway right from like they've been even different like military installments yeah over the years i would assume that there are quite quite a lot of um displaced americans and possibly it seemed like they had i think i heard they had three million ticket requests is that right seventy one thousand seats so it seems like probably it wasn't just americans mm-hmm. i think there were a lot of german fans that sang that song and, and knew it uh yeah. there were some other ones except you know they would sing you know the the, the hum seven nation army or some of the other kind of big songs but like the country roads take me home was was really uh surprise to me seven nation normally gets played a lot of soccer games yeah do, but yeah i, don't, I wouldn't mm. expect that um john denver is well, that, uh, 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 that's not yeah. but what's the what's the there's another one that they, they played when the, when the royals used, when the royals uh least they hit a home run they had that um i can't remember what song that was hmm. kind of i can't remember but they played some they did some other ones that were couple kind of of, yeah they were jock, the, the jock crowd seems, yeah, very, uh, very into the game though i thought it was pretty that seemed like a very fun environment. Yeah, right. and now they're and now they're going to play a game every year in Germany for the next few years. I, I actually wasn't paying attention to that. And also, it seems like maybe that they're looking to play NFL games in France and or Spain mm. uh, in future years too, which I think is meaning to pave the way for franchises mm-hmm. in um, Europe. And I think they would need. I think we had talked about this a long time ago. They would need probably a whole division to be to have because uh, to make it fair for the teams mm. traveling, both the European teams and the American teams traveling over there. Yeah, like if they had a four-team division, that would also probably require expansion to forty teams because you would it would be weird having a, five divisions in one in one uh league and only four in the other right and so that might you know would be an eight team expansion and that would be larger than any yeah unless unless you had a team like start to split time between a u.s city and a like a small u.s city and a an international city like jacksonville kind of does that already i mean they could have other other franchises do that maybe bring on new franchises that would you know join that model but you'd still have to play a significant number of games overseas to yeah but you know it was one of those things where you think well how many fans are there but you only have to sell out eight games mm-hmm. in a city and it's a lot different from soccer it's a lot different from um other other sports where they have so many more games per season and you know maybe that would be I mean there might be a team in mexico city there might be a team in i don't know what they do with maybe toronto you know how much more expansion there is in the United States. I guess they could put a team back in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They could do a team in, you know, who knows, Saint, San Diego, who knows. But it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I think they would need a big expansion to accommodate. I can, it's hard to think that they could just do one European team or two European teams with the, the way the divisions are set up. Yeah. I mean, if they, if, they had a, if they also had a U.S. home, you could sort of, I think maybe justify where they play. Maybe they just play two or three home games, you know, overseas. Yeah, but that seems but sort like of... you know five of their home games would be played at their 
you know, can't that they're um, you know, US host city. Yeah. So I mean, because that's kind of what Jacksonville is doing right now. But if you had like four teams that were doing that, they could play each other in Europe a couple of, of the weeks, and then not everybody would have to be like burdened with the yeah. It would be hard. What would they call them? So you know, they'd have to have two cities. It'd be kind of a weird situation, though. It would be weird, but I mean, that that's a way you could sort of yeah. get into it without having to, you know, start four to eight new franchises at once. Because that that kind of dilutes the product all at the same time as the NFL as a whole. If you now have to fill eight more rosters, that becomes very difficult. Without yeah. without making the overall play worse, right? Like the average team would be worse, you would think, if the you know you're pulling that many players from the current teams to fill new mm-hmm. rosters. Yeah, yeah. It's well, I guess you have right now XFL and other minor mm-hmm. leagues that there's a lot of borderline players that get cut simply not because they're worse players but because they're more expensive than wow. like the bottom like the bottom special teams players or whatever the, th- the three or four year veteran is probably just as good or better than the rookie but they cost twice as much and that's why they are, are not on a team anymore and this would it would allow you know i in some ways i don't know how much the product would decline um other than but it would just it would just be kind of a reallocation of of resources eight teams maybe it would decline but like if there are a couple yeah. of teams added i don't i don't i don't think that would make a huge difference but uh, right now i guess you can say it's hard to find really good quarterback play and there's only and that would make um the quarterback driven teams even have even more advantage mm-hmm. than yeah, uh, are there are there 32 good quarterbacks in the nfl i'm are not there... sure if the, are there 16? That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if there are 16. There might be 16. Are there 10? I don't know. I'd say there's definitely 10. Yeah. There are, I think there are 10 quarterbacks that are relied on and expected to be perform well. Yeah. I don't, know if there's, I don't know if you'd build a franchise around all 10 of those guys, though, would, would you? Let's, um, let's, let me look at, I'm going to look at the, look at the list right now. So, um, but, but realistically, though, uh, you know, the, the XFL, the USFL, if they have a few good years, if they can actually sustain another league for a while, that would that would certainly make it possible to add more teams because you'd actually have players that are ready to play. Yeah. That aren't in the NFL right now, um, but they would be but they would be ready to step in. Well, it seems like some of these teams have backup quarterbacks that could be decent, uh, at least, you know, or, like or maybe you take like the top six or eight um college teams and and turn them into semi-pro through some kind of uh you know deal with uh separating from the the ncaa yeah i don't think that's gonna happen but it would have to be a big uh change for this but like really looking at the quarterbacks right now so you would say um mahomes josh allen joe burrow to uh i'm looking at the top top 10 in touchdown passes right now Mahomes, yeah. Allen, Burrow, Tua, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins. You think all of those are legitimate quarterbacks? I don't. I don't know that you'd build a franchise around all those guys today. I think you'd be. I think you'd. You'd at least have some of those guys would foster, you know, into the next guy. Yeah, but, uh, I'd, I'd most, say yeah. Mahomes, most, most of those guys are you would build around, but yeah, Rodgers is old. I don't, I don't know that maybe not. 
Goff. Goff. He's not that old though. But yeah. Then there's Herbert Cousins is is uh yeah you'd you'd worry about. But then right below that is Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. I think both of those will be seen as cornerstones. Mm. Uh, Derek Carr still I think is decent. Brady is old and Kyler Murray. Mariota probably not. Fields yes. Davis Mills who knows. Um, Garoppolo, yeah I think there's even farther down you get some you get people like. Daniel Jones. There are serviceable players there, but there I don't I don't think you'd you know build around those guys. And I, you know if you had if you had twenty quarterbacks that you know you'd build around, you'd still need another ten to even fill out the league that we already have, right? So yeah, but I guess there's they always have quarterbacks, and like you know most teams don't have great quarterbacks and never have. I guess you know one right. of the Chiefs. When have the Chiefs had a really good quarterback, you know, since prior to Mahomes? Would you say, I guess Smith was serviceable. He was probably top 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, in the last um, couple of years, they were his best years of his career, too. Cause yeah, he, did he was once a number down. one draft pick. So, but he'd, you know. he'd adopted the the style of play, too. Yeah, prior to that. Different than Trent, what he'd been playing. Yeah. So. Trent Green, I guess. Um, who was good, but he was, but he was almost, you know, he was a career backup until he went to the Chiefs because he he was going to be a starter in St. Louis, got hurt, and Kurt Warner comes in. So, like, there are, I think, decent backups that don't get much of a chance. Yeah. And sometimes the backup and the starter difference isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Like, like in Carolina, it seems like PJ Walker is not really much worse than either Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. I guess you could say there's three starting level quarterbacks on that one team. Yeah, but I don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't um, like start a franchise around one of those three guys, though, would you? No, but you might have to. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you. It's, you I, I. Yeah, I don't know. I. I. I, I tend to. Yeah, I don't. We just kind of got derailed into this expansion uh, <laughs> talk, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I think um, I think most teams don't have quarterbacks, and I guess you I guess you want the idea that there are a lot of these quarterbacks, but I don't know when that's ever been the case. Yeah, well, I mean, it hasn't always been so quarterback driven as a league until the last you know decade or so. So I think, um, yeah, some of those like, I mean, just looking at the statistics from the from from quarterbacks in the last few years compared to the past, it's it's silly, right? I mean, yeah. how many how many more yards is Mahomes going to end up with than than Brady has in his career if Mahomes, you know, is able to play even close to the number of years that Brady had? Well, yeah, and, well, yeah, and you've seen though also that even teams this year without a top quarterback can be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, look at Minnesota. Look at you. Got, I I still don't think uh, Jalen Hurts is that great. I don't think. Um, I don't think Tua is that great either. They, they have good, both have good stats this year, but I think you can do well with a quarterback that's not necessarily a, a long term franchise. Yeah, maybe more this year than they have in the previous years. Oh, you know, Tennessee. You know, they don't have. Um, much in the way of quarterback play right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tannehill is on the decline. Um, yeah, but 
Maybe get back. Want to get back to betting? Sure. <laughs> so so yes, I had I had Seattle plus two and a half. Plus uh, two Tampa and a half. <laughs> Tampa, Tampa won uh, by five. Five. So I did not win that one. No, a, a, a meaningless field goal, but by Seattle could have um, covered. No, not quite. Like, they could have covered for you. They would have lost by two. Yeah, um, there were there were scenarios was, in 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 the fourth quarter that um, in the last like couple of drives that uh, you know gets the win for me. But uh, yeah, they weren't going to go for just a field goal though. Yeah. Um, how how was your second pick? My second pick was um, the Giants Texans game. Now, the Giants were at home, favored by six and a half over the Texans, and they covered. Uh, that by one and a half points, they went 24 to 16 and uh, got me the victory there. Uh, you know, the Texans put up a little more of a fight than you might think, but um, the Giants are a better team. Neither of those teams have uh, great quarterbacks, but do you know what Daniel Jones's quarterback rating in the Giants Texans game was? I have no clue. Not at all. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> I checked the score to see if you got your bet right or not. I think he had the highest QB rating of any quarterback. Really? On either. That seems highly unlikely. Rating. He was thirteen of seventeen for one hundred ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns. Wow. QBR of eighty-three point one. Um, but yeah, he he only threw the ball seventeen times, so. Wow, uh, that's and but Saquon had accurate. Saquon. I had 152 yards rushing, more than and, 10 yards per attempt. Yeah, which is really high. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't think that means Daniel Jones is going to um, become the second coming of um, Joe Montana, but he's. I think yeah, the Giants aren't terrible. Aren't terrible. I still don't think they're that good, but they beat the Texans, who have been a little bit spry. They've 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 been competitive in most of their games, even though they've lost um, all but two, the one seven and one. But they, it looks like they did they did kick a field goal with seven seconds to go in the game. <laughs> well, they thought I guess they were trying to onside kick and then do a hail mary. Right. Uh, they could have tied it. So, so the um, your your win was slightly in jeopardy, down to the wire, I guess. Yeah, technically. Yeah, technically. Yeah, if they had tried to punch it in for a touchdown. Mm. Yeah, had, right. had, they, had they gone for the touchdown first? Yeah. Well, this is they they did the right thing here. It was unlike what um, the Chargers did against the Chiefs. Remember, mm-hmm. they they went for the touchdown first. They ended up making the touchdown. Uh, but they were down by 11, but they were down by 10 or 11, and they should have gone for the field goal first because there was time. And if they had missed that fourth down play, they would have lost. Uh, if they kicked the field goal, they still would have had time to recover. Uh, but mm-hmm. at any rate, the Chiefs, um, I mean, the, the Texans weren't able to cover the spread, but they've oh, it looks like it's really unfortunate too. The uh, they had a they had a they got down to the um, Giants 17 yard line. Just outside a minute, but Davis Mills got sacked for ten yard loss, and they ended up burning most of the time hmm. before they kicked the field goal on second down. Even 
So I don't, I'm not quite sure what they were doing. <laughs> they're out of timeouts. I um, guess, yeah. I didn't watch the end of that game either. But they, they didn't just like spike the ball though to to stop the clock. They like ran another 37 seconds off the yeah. clock before they kicked the field goal. Yeah, it was like they ran the field goal team on, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But it was on second, it was on second down but they kicked the field goal. That's strange. So <laughs> I don't understand what's going on there. Anyway. Luckily for like me, I, I factored that into my. Uh, it seemed uh, like your your um your bet should have been in more jeopardy than it actually was. Yeah. Um, Say you were safe though. We I I made it on that one. Um, how about your second bet? Did you Why? were you as lucky as I? I was I was not. It was an, another bet that I thought was a sure thing. Betting against the aging quarterbacks. Again, I bet against Green Bay in their uh, Dallas's. Stunning fourth quarter collapse. Dallas favored by five. Um, ended up losing the game in overtime. Yeah, they were up by fourteen in the fourth going quarter. In, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, as you said, they think their first loss in 196 uh, such occurrences. That's that's what the stat they sh- they put up on the screen during the game was. Yes, <laughs> I didn't verify it though. Yeah. I... <laughs> so. So yeah, was... yeah, so I, I lost my first two bets. I had to um, rely on the uh, Monday night game for my potential third bet. But what, what was uh, what was your third bet? My third bet was Titans at home against Denver. The Titans were favored by three, and they ended up winning by seven, seventeen to ten. And that was a fairly close game. But I felt like the tight. I felt like Denver didn't have much of an offense, and they didn't. And I felt like with Tannehill back as well, that the Titans would be able to score some points. And even though they didn't score very many points, they still held Denver to only 10. So uh, they won by seven. I think I think Denver's only had like one, had one big play where they had a, a 65-yard touchdown pass or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, that was. And then other than that, they were really, uh, really shut out. So Tennessee is, I think, creeping up on uh, the AFC. Uh, it's possible that they could wind up still with the number one seed if the Chiefs, well, I guess they, the Chiefs have the tiebreaker, but if the Chiefs end up finishing 13 and four and the Titans win out, mm-hmm. uh, they could have home field advantage again. I don't know if I see them winning out, but yeah, that would be, it's still possible. They'll still probably have a home playoff game winning the division unless unless something happens with Indianapolis. I think uh, the Titans have beaten Indianapolis twice, so they have the tiebreaker over them. The Titans aren't a very pretty or fun team to watch, but uh, they proved to be a good team to bet on this week. How about your third pick? Well, I was going to say about uh, the Den- – you know, Denver only made – they scored 10 points, but it was all in the second quarter, and they were actually ahead 10 to nothing before Tennessee came back. Scored the final 17 points of the game. Yeah, I and and Denver did have a late drive where they got down to the Tennessee 21 uh, before uh, a late fumble and then an interception uh, that pushed them. The fumble pushed them back, and then they threw an interception on fourth and 13. Effectively ending the game. Yeah, that was a close one too. But they, uh, so, so Denver had a chance to get closer in that one, but uh, yeah, you stayed you stayed safe. 
it's all part of my master plan, I guess. So I finished two and one. You won your third bet though, so you weren't shut out. I did I did, and that was the um, the the big upset pick that I had was the yeah Washington was plus eleven at Philly, and you can, you can check last week's record where I said they would they would actually win the game, not just cover the spread. Ooh yeah, you so, were. I ended up being being correct on that one, and they and they won um, handily too. They ended up winning, I think, by their spread on the other side. Yeah, they won by twelve. Eleven, yeah. Eleven, eleven. Um, what was the last? They won like a, they had a touchdown on the last play, didn't they? Was that a was that a? They did a fumble return. Yes, fumble return. One of those one of those a wacky uh, pickoff return. Yeah. Um. No, it was a it was a one yard fumble recovery. Yeah, it involved a ladder. So yeah, it was, a, it was one pass, last play. Hertz threw it to uh, Watkins, lateral to Smith, and then a for minus ten yards, fumbles. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. One of those. So that was that's the second one of those last second touchdown. Then uh, the Def- a late defensive score. Late defensive score. I think the Giants maybe covered the spread that way, or one of the teams. Well, the um the Bills give that. Defensive touchdown to, yeah. um, to Minnesota to give up the lead. But then Minnesota, then they scored a field goal. But Buffalo went down and got a field goal to tie it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So that so wasn't it was a very, last play. Very late. Not, not the last play, but very late defensive score. Do you think that um, Buffalo should have just taken the safety? So that that's, that's one of those things where yeah, if they take the safety, if they took it right away, Minnesota would have had plenty of time with the ball back. I think there's about a minute left um, in the game that, you know, Buffalo used to go get a field goal. Um, Minnesota wouldn't have had to do a whole lot to get down into field goal range to win the game outright in, in regulation, I guess, right? Because they were down four. Minnesota was down four. With about a minute to go. There's 27 to 23. Mm-hmm. And then it would have been 27 25. Right. And then so they then, could have just given so the field goal to win. Is then Minnesota would have gotten the ball back because you can't onside kick mm-hmm. um, the uh, the post safety kick. Yeah. kick. Um, so Minnesota would have had the ball, you know, a minute to go. Basically, what they would have had the same scenario that Buffalo had to go get a field goal. So. But in this case, Minnesota goes to drive to get a field goal. If they kick it, they win. Miss, they lose. Mm-hmm. Even I guess you could say, even if Buffalo had tried to get a safety, they still fumbled the snap, and it may have yeah. <laughs> not worked. Yeah. But I think I think they just tried to get Josh Allen to probably do a sneak to get it up the yard or so. I think they're just trying to push it out. Yeah, and it just the snap didn't make it to Allen. Is what it looked like. So, yeah, I, I think from what, from what you asked, though, the, uh, the giving the safety would have been a bad idea. Yeah, you know? I think so too. Um, I just, they, they should I not. Have, they, like, they, did, they did talk about that, I think, in the the announcers made the discussion. I don't know how much you like safeties. I do like safeties. It would have been a terrible scenario to give up a safety. <laughs> so where where does that leave us on the season now? So uh, so you were you were two and one this week. That was one and two this week, which means. You've now taken the lead back um, in our competition. I, I held the lead for a single week. <laughs> my, uh, 
by a, a put by one push. Uh, now you've taken the lead uh, by by one victory. You're 14 and 16 now, minus $200 on the season. Or as you like to say, minus $20 per week. Yeah, <laughs> that's not too bad. Uh, I'm now 13, 16, and one. One win behind you, uh, minus $300, minus $30. Very close. I can do that math. Very, very close. Yes, close, close, close. Um, but yes, the lead has flipped. Uh, we, you should have like a WWE belt that you can throw over your shoulder. We should send back and forth. Uh, Forever has the lead <laughs> every week, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll have to get on that. Uh, do we, so before we talk about next week, do you want to talk briefly about the Royals hiring? Uh, Paul Hoover as their bench coach. You think, uh, I'll just ask one quick question and we can move on to the NFL next week. Yes. I think that was a good hire by uh, the Royals. Hiring Hoover, also from the Rays, to join Petraro on the bench. I think I think that does signify that the um, franchise seems to be doing things the, what it's usually deemed to be the correct way. The manager uh, is supposed to have some kind of like hiring ability for for the players, that, for the coaching staff that he wants. It does seem like they went with his one of his uh, former coaching mates um in tampa uh it seems like they must have worked together well before they would have made that request uh so it i like seeing that um you know he was given the option and it seems like he picked somebody that he's comfortable with to be his uh first lieutenant essentially as bench coach Matt Quattrano. um i think that's a, i think it seems like a good hire well, well i mean any additional yeah, thoughts i think on that, that was a good hire he was technically known as the field coordinator yeah, I didn't. I hadn't. I wasn't aware of that role. I, I don't know what that is either. Is that a defensive coach? So um, there was an there was an article on Royals Review. They where they they talked about it, and it's that he was in charge of like doing the scouting on the opposing teams, and then working with the catchers and pitchers about tendencies for the opposing players. Hmm. And so it was more about just being like, I think it may be what. They referred to uh, Pedro Griffol as like the quality control. I see. Play um, coach in charge of quality control. Um, I think it may be a similar role that um, that Paul Hoover was playing with with Tampa. I guess we'll wait and see on how the hiring goes, but it seems like the Royals are headed in the right direction. At least they all. did mention that that. Um, he was apparently very good at helping the catchers pitch framing, which is one of the things that the uh, Royals have been really terrible with um, the last many, many years. So yeah, but something that also might go away. Maybe nice. Right. Like, uh, right. Go with, the robot, with the robot umpires. Just, just in time for the robots to take over. Yeah. Yes. Unless there's that one, who was the, who was the umpire who had called the perfect? Uh... Already forgot. <laughs> It was, of course, Pat Hoberg. Hoberg, that's it. Hoi, like Fred Hoiberg without the I. Right, correct. He's the new mayor. Pat Hoberg. Pat. Yes. All right, do we want to move on to next week and talk about our... Yeah. What, uh, what are you looking forward to in uh, week 11, Mike? Well, I'm looking forward, of course, to seeing the Chiefs play against 
the Chargers. They didn't look so good against the Chargers in week two on a Thursday night. Uh, they barely won a game where it seemed like the Chargers kind of dominated a lot of that game. Hmm. They, uh, However, this week, it's, it's when they play the Chargers, the Chargers are going to be a little bit more injury depleted. Uh, they were, I think they were without Keenan Allen in week two, but it seems like they might be both without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, or they might have both of them back, you know, or some combination of those. Mm-hmm. And um, Nick Bosa, or Joey, Joey Bosa, which Bosa plays for the... Uh, which Bosa? It's uh, Joey. Joey Bosa. I get confused. Yeah, they've played Nick Bosa already with the, with the 49ers. Um, right. They played Joey already, but Joey Bosa's going to be out. Uh, so that's... That's, um, you know, maybe helpful. Herbert um, seems like he's recovered from his injury, but the, he hasn't had a great, he hasn't had a lot of offensive success the last several weeks. The Chargers have managed to win some games. Coming off a loss against San Francisco, the game's going to be in Los Angeles, home game for the Chargers, although who knows how many fans they'll have. So I'm, I'm wary of this game, but I'm, I'm also optimistic. Chiefs are favored by six and a half. I didn't bet this game. I don't think you did either. Um, do you think the Chiefs take this one? I think they. Um, yeah, I think. I think last week against Jacksonville, I don't. I think, I think they have a more difficulty like getting ready for a game like that more so than they would be, you know, looking forward to playing against the Chargers. Um, I, I see the Chiefs being, yeah, more prepared for, for, uh, for the Chargers than they. Yeah, and it's on and then they were worried about playing Jacksonville. Right? Yeah, it's a primetime game. They're mm-hmm. gonna they're not gonna want to play an egg. So yeah, it's a it's a good spot for them, I think. And this would put the division all but out of reach if they mm-hmm. so um other if than that game. If you were betting this game, how would how would you bet it? We're not doing that, but how that's division, I would I don't Chiefs and the over. Minus six and a half, over under fifty. I would, I might take the Chargers in the under, uh, just because I think it's a division game. Those games are usually close. The Chiefs play the Chargers usually pretty close, and it might be more defensive than we think. But I could also see the Chiefs winning thirty-one to fourteen or something like that, and that would keep it under. So. Mm. Um, I I don't like either. I don't I don't like any of those options. This is which is why I didn't decide to bet on it. Uh, what about well, you? Did too, you? There are too many different ways it could go. Yeah, yeah. I I that's it's that way for all the games really. But I I I really want to stay away from the Chiefs because I, I unless I am very confident because I think my rose colored glasses Chiefs Chiefs colored glasses will affect yes. my performance. Crimson Crimson colored glasses. Yes. So that way. How about you? What? How do you think that game turns out? Um, I, I do think the Chiefs will, will win. I think they, I think they actually will cover this one too. But I, I would expect the under on on this. The, the, seems like the over unders are for the Chiefs are seems like there seems to be external pressure on on the unders recently. <laughs> I'm not sure where the money has been. Some of these games, I think they're pretty heavily on the over from the last things I've read. Um, I remember I did I did read somewhere they said that there were a few uh, the that the uh, casinos did well with the Chiefs under. That's part of why I think there's more to some of the officials' calls than than you do. <laughs> watch, but watch for that though, Mike. I think it's uh, I will I will keep an eye out. 
<laughs> I think eventually the betters are going to flip to the other side, and then, and then you'll see which which way the calls go after that, right? Yeah. If they well, if they continue that way, or if they if the calls also flip, then did then you we'll bet know, any? Then we'll know. Did you bet any over unders this the coming week, or did you stay all point spreads? I've, I've gone to all spreads. I did one over under, so we will start with that. Uh, okay. Um, I took the the Bills Browns game. I think the uh, the Bills are favored by eight and a half at home, which just seems a little bit low, but probably because they've been struggling. And but um, the over under is only forty three, which I think is pretty low. So I'm going Very to low. go Bills Browns over forty three. I think the Browns will score some points. I think the Bills will score. Um, a, a fairly decent number of points as well. So I think I like the over. I think maybe I could see it being a 31-17 game, something like that pretty easily. Uh, Bills the Browns do have the most with well, the player with the most rushing touchdowns too. Right? Nick Chubb, he has 11 rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and they score in the in the game against the Dolphins was 39-17. So I went comfortably over what this would be. And I think the Bills will be looking to bounce back. And I think the Browns have also had a number of losses in a row. So who knows? I guess they could, who knows if they've given up, but they have a decent offense, even with Brissett running. So I, I think, I think that over 43, um, the Browns have finished over 43 in all but two of their games so far this year. Well, uh, in those two games where they didn't finish over 43, they lost both those games 23 to 20. So it was right on 43. So oh, it wow. seems like um, the number over 43 seems I, the more I look at it, the more I like. Well, they, I mean, if the Browns get to 17 points, you would think that the Bills would be able to make up enough to get over the 43 so it's like yeah. as long as you think the browns can score some points the bills are going to provide most of the work here right yeah the browns have scored at least um 15 points in all of their games so, so really you're only asking the bills to contribute 29 points which doesn't seem crazy at all. Aren't they averaging somewhere around 30 a game? Yeah, yeah. I think they're second to the Chiefs in, in scoring offense. So, so that, it seems, that seems like a pretty safe bet, which means uh, yeah. the final score will be like 10 to 7. Yeah. <laughs> 28 6 Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> all safeties. <laughs> all right, what, was your, what, what was your first bet of this week? Um, I'm starting uh, with the Thursday night game. I refuse to believe that Green Bay is back. So I'm again betting against Green Bay at home against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's favored by three. So I'll be taking uh, Tennessee plus three. I'm, I'm sorry, Green Bay is favored by three. Yeah. So I'm taking Tennessee plus three at Green Bay. Yeah, I think I think Tennessee is a better team than Green Bay. They've proved it this year so far. Yeah. Tannehill is back. Seeming it's great. a Thursday. Anything could happen. But I think um, 
I don't think there's as much to put. I don't think there's as much to implement into the into the Tennessee offensive or defensive scheme in three or four days because all they do is run the ball and they play tough defense. I don't I don't know how much um, a longer prep period mm-hmm. is necessary for them. Whereas it might be for Green Bay, they might want to try a few different things uh, and only have you know a few days to prepare. It's at mm-hmm. home, which I guess helps them. But yeah, I, I like I like I like that one with Tennessee too. So maybe that. That's uh, at seals uh, the Green Bay win, but um, I yeah. like I like Tennessee plus three in this. How about uh, how about your second pick? My second pick, I stayed uh, sort of in the state of Ohio, at least in the Rust Belt area. Um, I had the Bengals Steelers game, so uh, and the Steelers are hosting the Bengals in Pittsburgh. Uh, they are four and a half point underdogs, and I. I'm picking the Steelers to cover uh, plus four and a half against the Bengals. This could be a blowout. The Bengals can pull them out, but the Steelers are playing a little bit better. It's at home. It's a division game. The last division game on the road, the Bengals played, they got blown out at Cleveland. So the, you know, the Bengals are coming off a bye too. So that's, that's maybe something, but I can see the Bengals still looking past this game, uh, looking to the rest of their schedule. And, uh, you know, trying to win. Also, the Steelers, I guess, they did beat uh, Cincinnati in Cincinnati in a strange game where I think Burrow threw four interceptions and they had several missed kicks and weird things happen. So maybe the Steelers, I don't know. It, uh, the more I talk about it, the more I want to talk myself out of it, but I'm going to say what it is. Um, I'm going to stick with Steelers plus four and a half. This was, this was a game that, that I considered betting um, against you specifically because it might set up a scenario where I could pick up a game against you. Not, I don't care what happens in the game. I don't <laughs> make sure that, that our competition becomes is, is exciting at least anyway. And I, I like the, the Bengals coming out of the, uh, out of the buy. I think that that's seems to be something that could be useful. It doesn't mean it will be, but that, that was, I was going to talk myself into it. However, I, I chose not to bet on that game and instead uh, went to the, uh, Giants Lions game. Hmm. Giants favored by three at home. Um, I'm taking taking them in that one. The home team Giants. I would I would go that way as well. I I went that way exactly last week. Uh, I picked the Bears at home against the Lions by three, and they didn't cover in that screwy game. But I did pick the Giants minus six and a half at home against the Texans, and they covered. So I don't know um, if the Lions are in really much better than the Texans. They are. They do have a two-game winning streak, which I do not see going to three games. Uh, is that is two games a streak? I think more than one in football. I think more than one. <laughs> you have to get to three for a streak. Well, in football, uh, in football, it's one eighth of the season, or it used to be one eighth sure. of the season was two games. So that's yes. Yeah. About uh, about your final pick for this week my final pick um heads back to the uh nfc north the home fields of the nfc north playing against uh, the visiting cowboys and that's the vikings at home against the cowboys the cowboys are only one point underdogs against minnesota i think minnesota will win i think the cowboys are not as good as the Vikings. I'm still not convinced that the Vikings are that good, but I think the Vikings at home, they're 
will be buoyed by the fans after the big win against Buffalo. It could possibly be a letdown game, but it's a big game in the NFC. I think Minnesota takes this game at home. Uh, and the and the Cowboys lose uh, in Minneapolis. So I like Minnesota minus one. And, and Minnesota only being favored by one, that's um, not even the full home field advantage. Yeah, that, that seemed On a neutral, neutral court, right? A neutral uh, field, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like Minnesota's been a little disrespected in that line. So, yeah. yeah. How about your third and final? Uh, my third pick, I went to a division rivalry game uh, in the AFC um, East and went to the um, New England Jets game. Patriots are favored by three at home. I'm going to go go with them on this one. I think uh, Belichick is um, coming out of a bye two, right? Yes. So I, I like I like that the um, you know typical coach coming out of a bye. That's actually pretty decent. Uh, the record think, tend to be pretty pretty good. I think the Jets also had a bye. Yeah, but you want to you want to so, favor Belichick? It's at it's at New England. The Jets already lost at home just uh, three weeks ago uh, by five. To the Bailey Zappi experience? Yes. But now it's Mac Jones. Right. But I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I still like that, too. I think the Patriots are home against the Jets. Um, You think that they're going to win. But you never know. That's why they play the games. But as usual, I I tend I, I like your picks. Which again doesn't doesn't bode well for either of us if we. I, I thought I had it figured out the last um, after the last um, four weeks, and then yeah, this most recent week was um, not so good for me. So we'll have to see if if things go to a tailspin or goes bounces back. Well, I think slowly we're still clawing our way up towards the 500 mark, and maybe by the end of the year we will towards passable. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there, Mike. We will. Should we wrap things up? I think so. All right. This has been another exciting adventure we've had this week. As always, I'm Dr. Michael Worm. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our many delivery conveyances, either via podcast or our YouTube channel. We look forward uh, to having you. Uh, watch this episode and to having you back next week and we wish you good luck uh, to your teams this week in the nfl and on that note i bid you good day